Welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. My name is Tom Bober, a school librarian in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri. This podcast is here to explore the uses of primary sources in K-12 libraries and classrooms. We'll dig into resources and teaching strategies, talk to educators who are utilizing primary sources, and supporters of educators who curate these incredible items and use them in their work. Well, today we have another episode that is an interview with a amazing picture book author. And this is a debut author, Colleen Path. And we'll be talking about her new book, The Great Stink, how Joseph Bazalgette, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, solved London's poop pollution problem. It is a entertaining read. It is a funny read. It has the word poop in the title, so you know that coming right into it. And I had a great time talking to Colleen about how primary sources played a role from beginning literally to the end of the production and creation of this book. I thought it was a fascinating interview, and I just had a wonderful time talking to her. I want to just drop a quick note and say thank you to all of our new listeners who are coming in. I'm just watching numbers grow from this second season to last season, and I'm just as pleased as can be that we've got all of these great new listeners. If I could ask one favor of any listener, whether you're from this season or you were listening last season, if you like what you're hearing, wherever you're listening to your podcast, Apple Podcast or wherever, please drop a five-star review. If you want to put in a few kind words, I would greatly appreciate it. And even better, share this out with a fellow educator or someone else who would enjoy and appreciate it. It just makes my day to know that people are getting a chance to listen to these wonderful people who are sharing their expertise with us. Speaking of, let's get right to Colleen Paff's interview. We are here with Colleen Path, the author of The Great Stink, How Joseph Bazalgette Solved London's Poop Pollution Problem. Colleen, welcome to the Primary Source Podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am excited for you to be here, too. I think when you have a book where poop is right in the title, you have this automatic built-in appeal. But even without that, could you tell us a little bit about this debut book of yours. Yeah, so um, the book goes back in time to tell the story of how London's River and Thames became a foul-smelling open sewer and how the amazing engineer Joseph Bazalgette cleaned the river, stopped the stench, and stopped the city's recurring cholera epidemics by building London's first modern sewer system. And then um, the back matter of the book goes into poop pollution today, which does still happen, unfortunately, and some of the things we can do to stop it. I almost feel bad saying that I had fun reading a book about (laughs) cholera and pollution, but it really is a fun read. And I'm just wondering where was the inspiration from the book? How did you find out about this event and decide that this would make a really great picture book? 
Well, I was I first read about the Great Stink in a book called um, How to Be a Victorian by Ruth Goodman. And the chapter was on hygiene, and so it was talking about, you know, how they clean themselves and how they go to the bathroom, and it mentioned something called the great stink, but it didn't really say that much about it. And I was so intrigued by the name that I immediately Googled it and um, then found out that it was caused by the, a river full of poop and that it was an engineer who was basically the hero of the story who kind of saved the day by building the first modern sewer system in London. And I just thought it would have such an appeal to children because of the poop aspect, but then also an appeal to teachers and parents because of the history and environmental aspects and engineering. So it just seemed perfect for a picture book. There are so many of those elements that come into it, like you said, from an academic standpoint, there's the engineering and the history and all this. And there's also, I think this kind of 2020 hindsight of looking back, it's almost it when you're watching a movie in the theater and you're saying like, no, don't turn around the corner. Like these folks are making decisions. And you're like, wait a second, that's a horrible decision. And <laughs> yes. of course it leads to more death and, and, uh, but ultimately we've got this, this really what ends up being ingenious solution to the problem. I've got to come in and ask, where do primary sources come into play here? And, and I, I have to put in as a disclaimer that for all of the listeners that, I feel like I've heard a little bit of this story on Clubhouse, where you and I have been in certain Clubhouse rooms together, and you've been able to share a little bit about this book actually before it had even come out. And you had mentioned some elements around primary sources that I hadn't even necessarily thought about and hadn't had a chance to read the book yet. But I want to hear um, even more about that from you now. Tell us about where primary sources came in. What kind of primary sources did you come across in this research uh, around this event and around uh, Joseph? Yes, well, the very first bit of research I did was to visit a Victorian sewage pumping station. And that was sort of uh, just a lucky thing because my husband happened to be working in London at the time so we were living there for a couple months and the day after I arrived this sewage pumping station that had been designed by Joseph Bazalgette was open to the public so the first day that I was in London which normally you know maybe people would go to the British Museum or, you know, go for a walk to see Buckingham Palace. I went to a wastewater treatment plant <laughs> to see these huge beam engines that were the largest beam engines that existed at the time. And they were built to pump the sewage up because once it reached this pumping station it you know they were using gravity to get it there so it was down pretty low in the ground and they created these beam engines that operated these huge plungers that would lift the sewage up put it in a reservoir and then when the tide was going out they would unfortunately put it back into the river so that it could all go out to the um to the ocean. But what was so great about this um, visiting this place, which I do kind of consider seeing 
these machines a primary source because it really gave me, the author, a sense of the scope of the project and what it must have felt like for the people who were alive when they were building it. And it definitely got rid of any squeamishness I felt about writing a book about sewers because it was just so fascinating to see it. Yeah, I love this idea of a place as a primary source. And I've been lucky enough to talk with some other librarians and educators who have used similar places. I shouldn't say similar places, not sewage (laughs) treatment, but have used place as a primary source that have looked at a location and said, either look what's here that someone created or let's look at what happened here and what kind of evidence there is of this type uh, of the history of this location. And it really does open your eyes in a way that I think other either reading about it or even reading firsthand accounts can't give you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, something just happened a few months ago. I'm working on a new book about a woman who studies fireflies. And I I was in England because, again, my husband was working there, so we were living there. And we were in this area that isn't known to have fireflies, but she had said that there might be some if I went out near a place where there was a lot of water. And in the story, um, her story that I'm writing, she spends a lot of time outside waiting for fireflies to show up. But I'm from California, so I've never done that before in my life. So when we were in England, my husband and I went out late at night, you know, like we had our phone flashlights to find our way to the little river. And we sat there waiting for fireflies to come out and we never saw them. But just the experience of sitting there waiting for them gave me an idea of what she has gone through many times. And I noticed things like, you know, the way the moon reflected off the leaves kept making me think that maybe I was seeing a firefly. So it it kind of will inform the way I write that part of the story. And I never would have known about it if I hadn't gone out myself to wait and see if I could find any fireflies. So this is this is leading me to the question I wanted to ask about the Great Stink, and I and thank you for sharing that because I love this idea that that being in a location, in in a sense, putting ourselves in someone else's place, right? And and yeah. and ex- and experiences can give us some perspective about how we share their story. Um, with the Great Stink, going to that sewage treatment plant seeing the scope and and the the size of this how do you feel like that ultimately influenced this final book that i'm holding in my hands right now well i mean i think i like i said before i think one of the main things it did was really create this sense of fascination in myself so that it it convinced me that I wanted to tell the story and that the story was worth telling because it showed just how truly amazing it was. You know, like the the scope of the project was so huge. The city was already built, so they had to find ways to work around the buildings and dig down and under them. And they ended up creating new land alongside the river, which now today we know those as the embankments. Um, I mean, they were called embankments back then too, but you know, it's the Victoria embankment um, and the other embankments. Um, so that that was one way that it definitely impacted the book. It 
you know, kind of made me know I wanted to write it. And then there were other primary sources that um, that I really loved, which were the some of the Victorian newspaper articles, which um, were really fascinating because they people were writing their opinions about what was going on. And a lot of people had opinions about Joseph Bazalgette and not everybody liked what he was doing. So people were writing in and complaining and saying, you know, maybe we should think about having somebody else design these plans. And, and then other people would write in and speak in his favor. And it, it was just fascinating to see the back and forth. And I had never really thought before that about, you know, historical or, or people from history you know we kind of we know how we think of them as today but we don't always know what other people were saying back in the day it's it wasn't necessarily positive yeah this idea that i i love two things that you're saying about both of these examples to to the one you just spoke to this idea that using some of these historical documents can really reveal perspectives that we might not even be thinking of that right. when you read that, when you just start to dive into Joseph's story, I'm assuming that he's painted as a hero for the most part. Yeah. And so being able to look at these newspaper articles and see that that wasn't always the case, that there took it, it took time and, and results for that opinion to form. Uh, I think really is is important to any story, right? It shows the struggle to some degree, not only that that Joseph had, but also that his community had in even just accepting his ideas. Yeah, yeah. And the other piece that you just mentioned um, around the, when you saw the scope and the size of these pumping stations, one thing that it made me instantly think of is when we put, primary sources in front of students, I know one thing that's always so important to me is that you select the right ones that become engaging, that make them wonder, that make them think bigger than the ideas that you could put in front of them just with some other, like a brief little secondary source or something like that. And I love the idea that you stepped into this place and it gave you a level of excitement and engagement that you might not have had otherwise. Not saying you wouldn't have written the book, but it elevated that drive in a sense to make it happen. You knew at that sense, not to put words in your mouth, but there was a story there that needed to be shared. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So awesome. I love it. Um, the, the struggle around um, Joseph, this uh, and 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 just his success certainly comes across in the book. But as you said, referenced, and and I just mentioned the struggle around the community to even accept his plans uh, on the surface. And I was just looking at the the page spread where, let me find it, where the Metropolitan Board of Works <laughs> looked at it, and he he had to. They liked elements, but they're like, no, this needs to be this needs to yeah. be different. That needs to be different. So. There was this kind of uh, community effort for better or for worse. And as you put right below it, which I love, well, I guess you didn't necessarily put it below, but how they decided to lay out the page is that they say, well, while all these decisions are going back and forth, there's people swimming in this river and, <laughs> and you know, there's all of this waste being dumped into it. And it's um, it really shows that the 
the time sensitivity, the urgency yeah. that was happening uh, throughout the story, which I think is, is fascinating. One last question that I have around uh, primary sources, and, and you may have already kind of spoken to this, but I always wonder is, is there, was there some other primary source that you ran across that either changed the way you thought about something that was unexpected, something that you came across that you did not anticipate either the source itself or how you might react to it? Yes, um, actually there was one source that um, changed one of the sentences in the book. So um, there was one place where I, I wrote that in the summer of 1858, you know, when the great stink happens, there's this horrible heat wave and it just, all the rotting sewage creates this terrible smell. And one of the things that happens is uh, in the original manuscript, it said, Queen Victoria cancels her river cruise. And when Nancy Carpenter was working on the illustrations, she uh, sent an email to my editor, who sent an email to me, uh, that was asking me if I had any idea what type of boat Queen Victoria would have been on when she was planning to do this river cruise, but canceled it. So uh, I did not know the answer to that question, so I did a bunch of detective work, and I found out that it was probably the Royal Yacht, the HMY Ferry, because it's mentioned in a lot of, in the newspapers of those days, you know, there were lots of accounts of how the Queen spent her day, and who she was with, and what she did, so there, they talked a lot about this um, HMY Ferry. But it turned out that Nancy had already just kind of done a quick sketch that used the royal barge instead of the yacht. And it was so great. It had all these oars flying all over the place and, you know, the queen running off the barge. And, and the editor really loved it and I really loved it. And so we were wondering if it was possible that it could work, that she would have been on the barge. So I went through... Um, Queen Victoria's Diary, which is available online if you're in the UK. You, you can only access it from the US with a VPN, but if you're in the UK, you can access it. And on one of, one of the entries in her diary, she says that she went to visit this huge ship that was being built by um, the great engineer Brunel. Uh, it was called the Great Eastern. And she talks about how they took the barges out to the ship. They visited the ship, but then she says, going back, we were really half poisoned with the fearful smell of the gems. So I was like, oh my God, yes, this is great. So I just changed the text from Queen Victoria cancels her river cruise to Queen Victoria is practically poisoned. And then it worked because it was barges that took them out to the Great Eastern. So kind of I love that you I love that you're reading a history about the queen practically being poisoned and I'm just imagining you doing like a fist pump because yes. you just find that moment that you know is going to illustrate how bad it was yes and and, and literally fit the illustration that was already being worked on yeah it was perfect 
That is incredible. And and I think it's so interesting that even at that point in the process, right, the manuscript has been submitted and accepted, and we've got an illustrator working on this. And at, even at this point, you're still, because of that request by the illustrator, circling back to primary sources yes. to see what the truth is, what, what, what was actually happening at that moment. Yeah, yeah. And I was so relieved when I found it because I, I really wanted her to be able to use the barge, you know. I didn't want to have to say, no, that won't be correct. <laughs> well, it works beautifully. I'm looking at the page right now, and you're right. It's <laughs> that green kind of putrid haze yes. going on in the background <laughs> and these oars flying everywhere. And so it just, yeah, it works really, really well. Yeah, I'm, and I'm then glad Joseph. That, that page ended up that way. And then Joseph in the background jumping up into the air because finally he's he's allowed to build the sewers. <laughs> this is what you probably looked like when you found that line. This yes. is it. That totally. one piece was inspired by you. Awesome. <laughs> Colleen, I really want to thank you for spending some time with us and, and sharing with us just some of this background of how primary sources came into play uh, for the great stink. How Joseph, and I said his name wrong the first time, but it's, it's Basil Jet. Uh -huh. Is yes. that right? Yes. Solved London's poop pollution problem. Colleen, thank you so much for joining us on the Primary Source Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.